0: Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Ball and
1: Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a
0: love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hey, Patrick, how's it going?
1: Pretty good, Jeff. How about you?
0: I'm doing great on this uh, interesting weather day. Um, had a little bit of rain come in, which was nice. Help cool things off just a hair, um, but still nice out. So I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, we are. Yeah, we're doing good. We have a lot uh, going on coming up, had an amazing uh, weekend of movies, I guess a good good way to say it. Yeah. We are all getting, as I continue my journey, my quest to watch all of the Oscar-nominated performances and movies that are currently available, including the shorts, I am right about done. Got 98% done. And then I think I've got the uh, two that are available on Netflix, uh, The Hand of God, which is nominated for Best uh international film and the lost daughter so then i'll be done so go me so how are you my friend
1: all right um i woke up to the sounds of rain didn't want to wake up just wanted to relax i'm like no i gotta get up <laughs> gotta get ready for recording and then eventually work um let's see Kyla been under the weather this weekend she uh-huh. didn't come this weekend uh, first was like sore throat, then, uh, some bad neck pain and she didn't go to school today cause still kind of feeling under the weather. So yeah, yeah maybe something going around or a cold, not sure, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, um, but other than that, it's been all right. Okay.
0: No bad news to report. Yeah. Other well- then daughter under the weather. Well, I hope she gets to feeling better for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, kids are doing good here. Um, yeah, nothing. York went to the zoo with his mom and one of the people from Carpool and had a good time there. Yeah. We more or less just chilled, to be honest. It's I did a little bit of necessary retail therapy yesterday, and then I just watched movies. Um, Grayson watched one that I'd need to watch with her that I recommended to her having not seen it uh, called the Upside Down Magic Club, I think it's with her Academy one of those type of movies it's on Mm -hmm. Disney Plus (coughs) excuse me and she she's really liked this second or third time watching it Okay. so I'll have to watch it with her so we can report back on it Um, it's been on there for a little while though And it definitely looks like it's a very Disney TV movie type of thing. Yeah. But, you know, hey, if she likes it, she likes it. So yesterday we had the Film Independent Spirit Awards, which are awards given out to movies made by independent films, not by your major studios. Mm -hmm. So movies that have been nominated or have won – that are backed by you know by the major studios they are you know they aren't considered so keeping that in mind our winners yesterday uh for best feature film the lost daughter which is available on netflix best first feature is seven days uh, and best director maggie gyllenhaal for the lost daughter Best Screenplay, also Maggie Gyllenhaal for The Lost Daughter. Best First Screenplay, Michael Sarnoski and Vanessa Block for the movie Pig, which is available on Hulu. The John Cassavetes Award, given to Shiva Baby. Uh, Writer, director, producer, Emma Seligman. Best Male Lead went to Simon Rex for Red Rocket. Best Female Lead went to Taylor Page for Zola. Best Supporting Male Actor went to Troy Kutzer for Coda. Best Supporting Female went to Ruth Naga for Passing. Best Cinematography went to Edu Gro for Passing. Best Editing went to Joy McMillan for Zola. Best International Film went to Drive My Car. Best Documentary went to Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised by Questlove. The Robert Altman Award went to the movie Mass, which I'm very excited about. So I'm glad they finally won and got recognized. Um... The Producers Award went to Lizzie Shapiro. The Someone to Watch Award went to Alex Kim- Camillieri, the director of Luzzo. Truer Than Fiction Award went to Jessica Bashir for who directed Faya Dei Dei Dei, Best new non-scripted or documentary series went to Black and Missing. <laughs> Best new scripted series went to Reservation Dogs. Best female performance in a scripted series went to Thuzo Medu for the Underground Railroad. Best male performance in a new scripted series went to Li Li Zhengzhi for Squid Game. Best ensemble cast in a new scripted series went to Reservation Dogs. So a lot of really good, uh, really great selections for winners on that, on that one. So, very exciting. And uh, I'll be adding those to my spreadsheet list. And then Critics' Choice Awards, I believe, are this coming Sunday. So once all of that is done, I will then put the spreadsheet up on our Facebook fan page for people to... Review and use if they wish, and then we'll be. Before you know it, it'll be time for the Academy Awards, March twenty seventh. So we will be doing our Oscar ballot competition, as we do every, as we've done every year, and the winner will get free swag. So, hooray, hooray! Uh. So, here we go. Uh, what you been watching on TV? Anything? Uh, I watched the latest episode of Bel Air,
1: which was pretty good. Probably one of the, I guess, better episodes from the season. After, like, first three or four. You know, the next two kind of... But the next one was a little... I mean, the the whole season's actually been pretty solid, but maybe there's a couple episodes where I was just like, eh, too. But, um... So far, it's been pretty good for a series that was one I wasn't planning on watching. And then I watched the first episode, and then burned through the next three. And but um, overall, I think it's pretty decent compared to what I originally thought, you know. And then um, since Paramount Plus started working for me, the app, <laughs> I um, decided I was I started watching um, an animated Star Trek show called uh, Lower Decks. Which I had started a while back, but um I decided to finally go through and watch it. watch at least uh, ten episodes of the first season. It's pretty interesting so far, entertaining. Okay. And then I plan on going back to Discovery. I'm about four episodes into that. Okay. Yeah, that's I think that's all T V show wise that I've watched.
0: I've only watched I couldn't I honestly couldn't remember. <laughs> I'm still watching um, Suspicion and uh, Severance on Apple TV, mm-hmm. which both are – Severance, I'm like, uh, I'm okay with. I'm kind of watching it just see how it plays out, but I'm not like, oh, good, a new episode's on. I'm like, I'd probably could wait till the rest of these are out and just watch them all and just – but I'm not like clamoring for the next one, if that makes sense. Suspicion's a little more because it's a who done it and you know race to find out yeah. how to clear their names. It' a little more interesting, a little more. You kind of need to find out what the next clue is and everything. <clears throat> but uh, the only thing new <clears throat> that I've added is uh, started watching the After Party, also on Apple TV Plus. Starring Tiffany Haddish, uh, Sam Richardson from *Werewolves Within*, uh, Ike Barinholtz, Alana G- Glazer, Dave Franco, uh, Ben Schwartz from *Parks and Rec*, also AKA the voice of Sonic, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of who else. There's a couple other people, but so it's a. So the after party is about a a group of people, group of people that return for their 15 year high school reunion, reunion. There we go. And. uh, They hadn't seen each other, a lot of them hadn't seen each other in a while, Mm -hmm. and. They end up going, Dave Franco plays this, this uh, musician, this, uh, we'll just say music artist, he's a singer. And so he's very popular, blown up and all that. So he's, but he shows up at this party, and then he ends up inviting the others to his house for the after party. Right. Some are invited, some are not, but still show up for one reason or another. And then Dave Franco, this is not a spoiler because it's literally the plot of the movie, uh, is found dead. Tiffany Haddish plays one of the detectives who is there to investigate and interview the people that are at the party. Each episode is basically, each episode is her interviewing each person at the party and it's their story from their point of view, Mm -hmm. but not always is it their story from their point of view, but it's also each person's story is told through a different genre of film. So Sam Richardson is there because he wants to, he wants to, uh, the, his crush from high school is going to be there. So he's trying and he hadn't seen her in a long time and it was one of those, they were friends, but he never made the move. So he was going to do that tonight. Yeah. So his is told like a romantic or rom-com movie, it's like all the things that happened throughout his story or like little tropes that occur during through a rom-com movie. Okay. Ben Schwartz's is, is told through like a musical. Cause he's like this audio engineer person. And so half of his stuff is told through the rap or some sort of like musical number. And it's actually one of my favorite episodes cause it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ike Barinholtz is, is told through like an action, like a la fast and furious type of thing. And he keeps talking about family, you know, and, had yeah things he would go through for his family <laughs> it's very <laughs> spoofish of uh Dom it's 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 funny and then uh yeah and then like I said each character all the episodes are out there's eight episodes I'm on f- four I think episode four of glazers I think it's supposed to be like a horror movie type of thing yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah and it, like i said so it's basically told through flashbacks because everybody's telling their story a series of events that happened throughout the night so it's a, uh, it's definitely worth a watch it's very clever i like it because it's a fresh take on on a whodunit and trying to retell stories
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's because everybody because you know because when you try and investigate something everybody's going to have a different even though they were all there, all witness the same thing, everybody's gonna have a different point of view as to how the things add up and happen. And so I think this is a an amazingly great and fresh take on how to on how to uh update something like that and tell a fresh story. And then of course, uh and then of course Tiffany Haddish is hilarious. So Yeah, it's great. I would highly recommend it. Um if you go if you have if you have either Apple TV plus or know a way to watch it, I would recommend the after party for sure. So, and I think that's it. I don't think I've watched anything else. Several things I've added to watch, but, uh, as of right now, that's all I'm watching TV wise. Okay. Ready for our feature? go oh, let's swing into it. All right. Come on, vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> For our future presentation, we bring you the Batman came out Friday, March 4th with the rating of PG 13 coming in at two hours, 55 minutes. I think that's generous, but it definitely does not feel like a movie that is two hours and 55 minutes. Mm -hmm. When the, when the Riddler, a sadistic serial killer begins murdering key political figures in Gotham, Batman is forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption and question his family's involvement. Directed by Matt Reeves. Written by Matt Reeves, Peter Craig, and oh yeah, by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig. We have The Batman. Starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, aka Batman, Zoe Kravitz as Zoe Kyle, aka Catwoman, Jeffrey Wright as Lt. James Gordon, Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. Oz, a.k.a. The Penguin, Paul Dano as the Riddler, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, Andy Serkis as Alfred, Peter Sarsgaard as district, District Attorney Gil Coulson, Barry Kagan as the unseen Arkham Prisoner that's, mm, that's who that was. I recognize the voice. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I like that. Um, Jamie Lawson as Bella Rial. Uh, Gil Perez-Abraham as Officer Martinez. And then so on and so on. So. What did you think, Patrick? Well, I enjoyed it. A
1: lot. And then with it being three hours long and the first time i watched it was after work thursday i checked out the 11 o'clock by the time it was over i'm like i didn't like i wasn't bored at all like usually with movies that i watch after work i I get a little sleepy not because the movie most more likely just because i'm tired this one just kept me so interested and engaged to what was going on that she, and I hadn't even really had a lot of sleep that day. I was going on lack of sleep. So I was worried. But, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I wasn't worried about Robert Pattinson, you know, yeah. after having watched several other movies that he's been in since Twilight. Because I got some friends that really was like, oh, man, how is he going to play Batman? i like, Same. have you seen his other movies? <laughs> he <clears throat> can act just like Kristen Stewart.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, yep. The, the only issue I was going to have was the Bruce <clears throat> Wayne. But, okay considering the story it's fine yeah Cause, you know because it's just he's like mid mid late mid 20s yeah so it's... it hasn't really figured out the duality of who he is yet yeah. so um but yeah i enjoyed it i've seen it twice i watched it yesterday afternoon
0: oh you did yeah oh yeah
1: i was hoping the second time would have been with kyle but since you know she wasn't able to yeah. come right so I, I went sunday so when she comes back i'll be seeing her the
0: third time okay <laughs> yeah I really want to go see it again but I honestly the I went Thursday night after I recorded uh, our episode with uh with rod Lurie for the the for the Oscar discussion mm-hmm. after I recorded with him and was waiting on everything to finish processing on the engineering site we used to mix everything um I was like I'm just gonna go ahead and go now I'll finish this when I get home so i went thursday night to the 9 30 show i didn't get home till like after one and finished once i got the episode finished and uploaded on and made available i was not able to sleep very good because i had to be up in like four hours to go to work and then i made through work just fine but i tell you what i was by the time i got home friday i was just dead to the world i was i did not feel great yeah. i was just exhausted and i really haven't got over that until like today hey. <laughs> and that's not and I, I think there's a lot of stuff and you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going into that um but <laughs> i would love to go see this again i don't know when that's going to be though but i really want to go see it again i would like to see it in imax i think there's not very movies that I'm saying I really want to go see that in IMAX because I'm, you know, uh, I'm not. I get it. It's big and it's loud, but yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. anymore the screens aren't exactly anymore your standard screens aren't exactly small either. No. So now, no. like the, not like they used to be, now like they used to be when we were growing up. Like even the smaller sized theaters, the screen is still pretty big. It's just yeah, there's just not as much seating. But anyways. And yeah, I'd like, I, I want to see this again. Some friends of ours went and saw it in 4DX. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's it. Y'all get your ass kicked. And, I thought about it. Because <laughs> the, the only thing, the, one of the reasons why I really don't want to see this in 4DX, other than I don't want to sit in the 4DX chair for three hours, because <laughs> an hour yeah. and a half, I'm usually within the first hour, I'm kind of done. Like I'm good. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, uh, I just, I'm just picturing the things that pop you in the shoulder blades and that happening yeah. for, for about two, two out of the three hours. So I'm like, I think I'm good. No. Especially that one fight scene they show in the trailer
1: in the dark with the gun yes. shooting. I'm like, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. I got my butt kicked watching Shang-Chi. So. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Fool me once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. I, I said, wow, you're. Well, I'm braver than I am. <laughs> so that, even I wouldn't have gone and seen that one in 4DX. Yeah. Uh, I'm still going to go see Top Gun whenever it decides to come out in 4DX. I have already decided that. I've already decided I'm going to go see it in 4DX and I'm going to see it in IMAX. Those are my yeah. I won't probably actually see it in the standard theater, <clears throat> but that's fine. But yeah, it was. I absolutely love this movie because as someone, as we've, as I've previously discussed, am a huge Batman fan growing up as a kid and a huge movie fan growing up as a kid um when world's collide like this it's I'm kind of in my in my zone I guess you could say but it also makes me more critical too though and I also have a more critical brain going into a movie like this because I'm a fan of both things I I'm also more you know I want' to say nitpicky but I, I I am I give less leeway I guess just because I am, you know, I'm going to be that nerd that tries to do that, I did not have to do. I didn't have to worry about with this, with this movie. Instead, what I was able to do is pick out from what resources they used when writing the script. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, for those of you that are curious at, that that if you after you watch this, you've you've decided that you really like. uh this movie, but and would like to read more on it or have kids. Granted, I wouldn't this is definitely uh probably a twelve and older eleven or twelve and older movie. Uh definitely not for your younger audience for sure. Uh just because the real does tape people's heads using like duct tape and saran wrap. Um so those images could be a little disturbing. Plus the Red Words pretty creepy. Um yeah. So I would probably hold off, uh, use your best judgment for sure in that case. But if you have your, you know, we'll say age appropriate kids to go see this and they really like it. If they would like to read, I would highly recommend, uh, Batman year one, because they take a lot from that, even though this is supposed to take place within like its second year or so. Mm-hmm. They still borrow a lot, um, from Batman year one, uh, they use when it comes to like the mob stuff with Falcone and everything. They borrow a lot from the Long Halloween, which is hands down my favorite Batman story. It's a 12 issue, so it's kind of thick. Like, I've been trying to get York to read it because I, like, dude, you'll love it because it's a who done it. It's amazing. Um, so they borrow from that as well. Uh, even it's a there's a storyline. Where and it wasn't Riddler was somebody else that basically uh, towards the end of the movie, like when you think the movie's actually about to be over, and then they decide to add a three and they decide to add act three point five <laughs> to it at the end, um, which is actually my only gripe about the movie. It's like it should have just ended there and not that wasn't really necessary. It's a plot that could have been utilized for a whole separate movie. Um, but when they, when that act, when that in kind of, uh, sequence of events occur, uh, borrows from zero year. So that's, uh, not zero year. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Zero year where, uh, so a lot from that, which is also awesome. These are all great storylines to read, um, and would be appropriate for the same to read, for the same age of kids that would be watching this movie. So it's not, you know, it's not any difference. It's not like one of the more adult, uh, like Batman returns or that one Brian, that Brian Natsarilla did where they showed Batman's manhood. <laughs> cause there is a comic that they did that. And those issues sold out real quick. Cause they quit printing them cause they got so much backlash on it. Um, <laughs> no, wait, they got so much, Batlash lash on it there we go there we go there's the pun um but all in all this movie was amazing they sh- it they were able to ground it about they were able to ground this movie better than no one was able to grow like in Nolan's universe it was a grounded version of it, it but they were really able to ground this one in everything from story to the villains not have any sort of supernatural or um superhuman abilities it's just a psychopath
1: yeah
0: i mean they also took a lot of inspiration movie wise from uh from seven for sure from Fincher seven everything from kind of the look but also how how the door kind of acted and was showing different uh yeah it was very seven-esque we'll say um but it was very well done Beautifully shot, which from the trailer, you can see that beautifully shot, beautifully directed. Pattinson was a good Bruce Wayne, especially when you realize who his influences were. Um, Kurt Cobain played a big one. I think even borrowed stuff from like the cure and stuff like that to kind of get that angsty um, tortured soul kind of vibe going on. And uh, I, I liked Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. I didn't have a problem with it. You know, I, uh, wish they could have flushed her character out a little bit better. I mean, yeah. they did a good job, but for what they, for, you know, seeing she was in it, but I, it's, she was one of those, if they ended up doing a spin off standalone movie with just her, I'd be cool with that. I, I think I would actually like that. Yeah. Um, so Colin Farrell as the penguin. If they wanted Tom Wilkinson they should have just gotten Tom Wilkinson and then they wouldn't have to do makeup. Because every time I've seen Colin Farrell in, in that in that penguin makeup and uh, prosthetics, all I'm thinking about is like he looks like Tom Wilkinson, who they could have just gotten. I mean granted he played Falcone in the no one universe, but you know, it could just be his variant. <laughs> true, but it it uh yeah, they might as well had. right <laughs> yeah. it looks just like it. I'm like okay, maybe a little bit less here. But I you Colin Farrell was pretty much. I mean he was unrecognizable not only in in looks but also in voice. You couldn't recognize, you know that was his voice. Like he really disappeared into the character. Yeah, uh, true. And I liked it. I mean, he played a great, you know, uh, low-level mob flunky, I guess is a good way to put it, because he wasn't very good yet. Mm -hmm. Um, What I have read on the HBO Max spinoff show that they're planning on doing for the Penguin, it's going to be the events that take place after the movie. So the series will pick up where the movie left off. So his rise to power and everything. So I'm curious. Oh my God. I hope, I hope it's, they end up the cops. They use one that they'll use Jeffrey Wright as Gordon, but also that they will finally introduce Renee Montoya. Um, that was one of the main characters in the Gotham city central uh, comics that Greg Rucka used to uh, wrote in the early or late nineties, early two thousands. Um, Great, great run. Um, absolutely loved it. One of the first comics that, and I told Greg Rucka this when I met him God, 12 years ago, that the way he wrote that was very accurate to basically what it's like to work for a police department as far as like how different people are treated. R- Renee Montoya is um, uh, is a homosexual. So she's a lesbian. Um, so how they deal with that and, and that kind of, Environment, mm-hmm. uh, but her partner, partner Crispus Allen, that's also in that series, um, also would be great. Like if they were able to finally introduce those characters into like the Penguin show, I would be, yeah, it'd be awesome because it could be just them trying to go after Penguin. So, yeah. I would love that very much. So, and I would either cast. Pay hey, Diggs or Yeah, maybe Tyrese. But he's too busy trying to chase trying to chase after Morbius. This is not who you are. See I've already got his lines memorized because I've seen the trailer so many times. <laughs> also, by the way, first time I didn't see a Morbius trailer. I things are looking up. Yeah. First time in like four months, I haven't seen a Morbius trailer. Which is surprising since they have a final trailer out. I haven't watched
1: it, though. I don't need another trailer.
0: Which is... I, I was going to say, which is surprising considering the movie comes out in, like, three weeks. Yeah. This is this the time you want to have it. Right? <laughs> but, bless their hearts. Yeah. But, yes, it was... This movie was everything I wanted. This movie has been everything I've wanted in a Batman movie. You finally... Batman... You finally could see Batman show his... Dis- his uh, deductive skills, his Be a he's, he's finally the detective finally in a Batman movie. Now they did a little bit of it in Batman forever with the red word there, but not like as far, I mean, it's solving riddles. I mean, either you're good at them or you're not, it doesn't really make you a good detective, but this yeah. shows like getting samples process, you know, looking at evidence, looking at what's not, you know what's not being what the cops aren't picking up essentially and using utilizing those clues and putting the pieces together like he, it's not he's more than just you know beating the crap out of people he's extremely smart and i'm glad they were able to really focus on that and that's all i've wanted yeah. <laughs> in the batman movie And i was just really happy to see that that finally was explored and done correctly yeah, it kind of reminded me of playing the
1: Batman Telltale game. I played I played that probably mm-hmm. a couple months back, but I was like, he's he's assessing the scene, checking to see what they don't see, and you know, even he, he did catch some some evidence that they missed, and um, just it's good.
0: <laughs> I mean, i was just yeah. like, all
1: right, we're we're with him. We're we're, we're being detective with him.
0: <laughs> and one of the things I loved in this movie too is that his tech. Is really low grade tech. Yeah, like it's not, you know, it's not the Lucius Fox, you know, Wayne enterprises tech. Like it's right. none of that. It's like low grade stuff that he's you know, that he's picked up at some shop or put together himself yeah. and developed. Like the hearing, like the earpiece is like the most high tech thing. Or no, it's contacts. Yeah, is like the most high tech thing in the entire movie. Like his car looks like it came came out of Mad Max. Like the Batmobile looks like it's yeah out it's of like Mad this, Max. This
1: is this is the first model. This is what yeah. I got running. <laughs> yeah, but it looked good. I mean, yeah. even in this, even with the simple style, it,
0: it looked good. Yeah, yeah. People will be trying to customize their cars to look. <laughs> yep, I will not be that person. My Subaru, will not. <laughs> I don't think I'll we'll be able to do that us i'll hear grace daddy why is the car so loud <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to school on time hold on <laughs> have you ever been late no no I, exactly <laughs> but no it's yeah and just everything about this movie is is amazing and i think it'll be hard pressed i would find it hard pressed for a marvel fan to even hate this movie i mean they'll try and be like well it's too dark yeah it's batman be art but yeah i mean they could have they could have pushed it to a R rating if they wanted to <laughs> they totally could have but you cut out so and much demographic well also yeah. you cut out so many people in your demographic especially if you're wanting to sell toys yeah
1: i mean they could probably do it for like a blu-ray release like we have this yeah extended version that's a
0: little more yeah. well i would rather have them release it in black and white because this is such a noir-esque because there's voiceover first time yeah. we've had to a- First Batman movie in which hell, I think first. I want. I don't want to say first superhero movie because I think the spirit, the spirit and Sin City all have voiceover. But we'll just say the first major superhero movie in which there is actual voiceover. We'll go that way. That way I'm not because I know those other ones also had it too. But <clears throat> and those movies also are very noir esque and sh- actually those are in black and white, <laughs> yeah, with very limited color. Uh, but I could see
1: them I, releasing it like, at, oh, like yes. they did with
0: Nightmare Alley. I could see them releasing a black and white version. Right. Or, hell, just dropping on HBO Max like they did. Justice League. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll be coming also, out in April. So. I heard that. I, I I read that. I have not read anything official, but I, did, I saw a post somewhere that mentioned that uh, HBO Max was going to... Drop the the Batman mid April. I'm like, why? No, yes. just as much as I would love to, because then I could watch it whenever. Yeah. But no, just wait. Give
1: it time. Let it. I just think instead of them doing the day and date
0: theater and streaming,
1: they're doing a 45 day kind of thing. Then yeah, I guess
0: those that are still not going to the theater give them a chance to watch it. Right. Yeah, and that'll hook them to try and. Purchase their streaming service. Yeah. I mean, I, don't I get think it.
1: Anything, yeah, I don't think anything else is going to be day and date streaming and theater anymore. It's just going to be straight up
0: theater. Yeah. So. Yeah. At this point, it should because, you yeah. um, know. Yeah, I can't praise this movie enough. I mean, again, my little nitpickiness will just be that there is a I really don't want to say what it is because most people haven't seen it yet. And I don't want to really give anything away but it just there's a you think the movie's going to end and okay we're just going to kind of the kind of chill out moment like where we just show how everything's happening afterwards and then something else they basically insert something else to move the movie forward I guess another 30 minutes because this would have been a two hour 20 minute movie yeah, or or just a two hour movie but it's a, uh, but now this because it's one uh, element in the plot that they inserted that moved it, you know, caused Batman more Batman City of Gotham more headaches for another thirty plus minutes. I, I'm like, I don't know why they did that. They could just in, make this part of a whole new, like, make this the main plot of or plot device at least of a whole new movie. So, Yeah. But if they're using what, but if you they're using that as a catalyst for the penguin show, all right. But still, meh. But uh, I don't like. I'm not gonna not watch it because of that. But oh, also there are no post credit, mid credit, or post credit scenes. So let me save everybody some time on that.
1: Uh, I mean. There is something at the end, but it's not
0: nothing worth it's waiting not on. It's not worth staying no, no.
1: no. I was like, oh, that's it. Even a couple people that were sitting there like, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was yeah. like... I think at that point, I was like... Ah, all right, time mm-hmm. to go home. <laughs>
1: this is but yeah, uh, was, uh, Captain America, the end of Homecoming. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> See, waiting, 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 yeah. and then... What do you have?
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's, it is a... Uh, yeah, please go go see this movie. Even if you're not a fan of the Batman, you will just appreciate it just from a story aspect and all that. And he doesn't have like a gravelly Christian Bale Batman voice, it's just lowered. So, yeah. He didn't go too over the board with that. So, no. Which is great.
1: Nope. Okay. Plenty of Batman. Plenty of Batman. It's equal screen time for everybody. To get enough Batman, Catwoman, Gordon, Penguin, Riller. It's balanced.
0: Yep. Yeah. And it's also the first Batman in which, well, I guess Dark Knight Rises. They're not at the mansion either. Or Dark Knight. Yeah. All right. This is one of the first ones that never mentions like Wayne Manor. Like he lives in the city. Yeah. So there is no like man or anything like that. It's very interesting. I do like to. One of the other things too that I liked was that they they did kind of show that one. They never showed. This is also the first Batman movie that they didn't show Batman's parents getting killed. Kind of like we don't need to see Uncle Ben die yeah. again. We can just go ahead and know that he died. Uh, same thing with. Same thing with Batman. We already know his parents are dead. Yeah, Like that's it's, already it's, established. It's and then they explore. Like yeah. And they explore their history, though. They're yeah. uh, just very interesting. And I liked how they do. So the they one thing I do it, hope. Yes. They acknowledge. Yes, it, they acknowledge. They <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that I'm hoping and I actually thought was going to be. Um, I was really hoping would be a part of this movie. There's a storyline and I believe it's the it's around new the when D- DC was doing their new 52 run, they introduced something called uh, the Court of Owls. It was a, explored a little bit in Gotham, uh, TV show Gotham. Uh, Scott Snyder uh, created all this. Uh, basically, the secret society that's been watching over Gotham, and they've been the real one. Basically, they're the ones that have really been in control of the city and, and all the bad things that have occurred have occurred because they've put things in motion and then they have their owls that basically watch to see what's been going on in the city. And this has been going on since like the 1800s. So, and it's like this elite secret society group. So it's very, it's really cool how they wrote it and how Batman has to deal with it. I thought that would be kind of like my thought was okay. Maybe the Riddler is just being, it's just a pawn in the court of owls. Mm-hmm. Uh and stuff did not happen, but I really hope I really hope one. I hope they do a sequel, which I'm sure because it's going to make a crap ton of money. They're going to make a sequel. Uh, I hope Matt Reeves returns for that because I yeah. think I don't want anything to be lost on the vision that he had for this movie, but I hope the court of owls were at least, introduced or shown or have you kind of like the big bad in this one that's what i hope um so we'll see anyways um yeah but i'm still very happy with how it turned out yeah okay uh from one warner brothers movie to another one uh i finally got around to watching king richard it was originally dropped as one of those same day and date for streaming and theater on HBO max. Uh, but, you know, it got taken off and then it will not return to streaming until April 2nd, I believe on HBO max. So I red boxed it. Um, and that's how I watched it. It is, uh, got several Oscar nominations, uh, best picture and best actor for Will Smith. Will Smith has won twice Won the SAG Award and the Golden Globe, so he's got a very good chance of going ahead and just winning the Academy Award for it. So I finally watched it, uh, and you've did you already watch this too? I can't remember. I can't remember if you had watched it or not. All right, no, I haven't watched it yet. Okay, um, so it's rated PG-13, runtime of two hours twenty four minutes. It's so a look at how tennis superstars Venus and Serena Williams became who they are after the coaching from their father, Richard Williams played by Will Smith. And then they get to Anjanu Ellis plays or, uh, Orison Brandy Williams, uh, the mother, John Bernthal plays Rick Macy and, uh, Sanaya Sidney plays Venus Williams and, in- Demi Singleton plays Serena Williams. Tony Goldwyn plays Paul Cohen. And then... Yeah, that's... Directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green. And written by Zach Balin. So this movie basically chronicles... The Williams sisters... Basically as as small kids and her dad uh, and then Richard Williams going around trying, you know, basically training them every day during the day after they get out of school. And then they go home after school and they get their homework, you know, they eat dinner, get their homework done, go to bed. Then to, because then he goes and works a security job at night. And then in the morning gets very little sleep and then is out there, going to different, I guess, country clubs and tennis places, going around trying to promote his daughters to try and, you know, have them get a professional coach, you know. Uh, and it's out there day in and day out trying to – because I guess, you know, before they were born, he basically had a plan for both of them to be the best tennis players ever. You know, mind you, they've got three other kids. Yeah. <laughs> so – I guess the plan wasn't there for them, but for the other, one, the other two. Uh, so it, and it just shows them progress, you know, through their progression and then how he finally gets, uh, John Berthold's character, uh, Rick Macy come out and, cause he coached, uh, Jennifer Capriati, who was very popular at the time. And so he came out to watch, he came out and, kind of ran a session and then basically wanted to sign them to come to his like school and then play in the like the junior pros and stuff like that. And so they had to sign a contract and move from Compton to Florida and then stay there. And then during the entire time, uh, Richard Williams is like trying to tell them when they get to practice <laughs> when they're not. Yeah, And, you know, which is driving Rick nuts because like we, they need to be at practice. Well, no, they be, need to get their schooling done or, yeah, they're, at, you know, they're late to practice because X, Y and Z. Because like they went, decided one day they weren't going to come to practice. They were going to go to Disney because they need a break. And but he's also given like all of these interviews where he's basically hyping his kids up, even though they've not played a match since going to the school, but how they're going to be the best and all this. And he really doesn't want Venus to play in the, like the junior pros until she's ready. Yeah. And he's, and it took Venus basically saying, listen, I want to play in this tournament because, you know, practicing a lot. I want to show that I can win. And it took a lot of work, but they were able to get it. Get uh get Richard Williams to get in on it and then get on board with it and and so they went and then he ends up you know shows Venus uh having to eventually play against the number one player in the world in this tournament and then um, which is a great great scene all that that entire tennis scene there towards the end was amazing mm-hmm. will smith is really good in this and i can see him easily winning best actor compared to everybody else that's been nominated i can i can see where he would win although i think denzel's performance may actually be better um i think the odds are just in will smith's favor like it's his to lose at this point Yeah. Um, but he's really good in it. The story, the movie itself is not bad. I mean, it's entertaining, but you're watching it for Will Smith's performance. If that makes sense. But the kids are good, kid actors. Um, John Berthold is great. uh, But you're watching it for his performance and he is really good in it. So yeah. Um, If you haven't watched it, if you like tennis, you'll, you probably have, or if you like the Williams sisters, you would, you may have already watched it. Um, I've, the only thing I've ever heard about Richard Williams is just that he's not that great of a person. So <laughs> I was like, why do I want to watch a movie about somebody that's kind of a dick? I mean, I guess technically cause his name's Richard, he would be, but, um, <laughs> but, if, but beside that, I just, uh, it it just was going to be hard for me to get on board cuz i'm like well why do i want to watch a movie about somebody that's not really that great of a person yeah. but at the it one thing it shows at the end of the movie during the credits is the actual footage of stuff that they've recreated for the movie and like i get that he's doing everything he can for his kids and that that's all he was for which is very admirable and i can't hate on that but yeah i don't know um But all in all, it's a great movie. I I did enjoy it. So good acting. Available at Redbox will be back on HBO Max April 2nd. So that's King Richard.
1: Alrighty. So I took a little dip into the A24 well for my next couple. (laughs) Um, Mm. First, one I'm going to talk about this came back. This came out back in. Uh, 2016 may 26 it's called it's called equals okay and it has a runtime of an hour 41 minutes directed by drake dermis and it's starring nicholas holt as silas Kristen stewart as nia Uh, even uh, guy pierce makes an appearance as jay jonas and then you have jackie weaver who plays bess so, in an emotionless utopia, two people fall in love when they regain their feelings from a mysterious disease, causing tensions between them and their society. So, basically, they live in a world where no one is allowed to express emotions. So, they're really
0: just... Okay.
1: ...don't face. Pretty much how Kristen Stewart was in Twilight. Rest, rest in case, do face. Yeah. So, <laughs> rest in case, No face. No, no one better to, to play this role, right? Um, but for those typecast. that start, to, huh? <laughs> it's a typecast, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So, so um, when people start showing emotions, they get sent to this place called the den, which is basically a death sentence. You're either gonna be rehabilitated to be a, this emotionalist person, or <laughs> you're 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 done for. But um, so. There's a scene where they show these two to uh, this man and this woman being taken off and they're yelling, they're crying, they're just, you know, being what everybody else is not just showing emotion. So basically what this turns into is kind of like a Romeo and Juliet story because oh, okay. Nicholas Holt starts getting feelings for Krista Stewart and vice versa. And they start actually like touching until they eventually make out. And, you know, of course, that becomes a problem. Uh, Nicholas yeah. Holt gets diagnosed with having this disease, which he lets his class know. And even though they don't treat him differently, they make sure he gets his own coffee mug with his name on it. Oh, that's wanna... sweet. Yeah. Um, Kristen Stewart knows that she has this supposed disease, but she's been able to hide it better, even though he's noticed kind of the cracks in her behavior. And eventually becomes a story about them just trying to be trying to have their relationship but keep it hidden from everyone else and whether or not if it gets out how will that be received by the, the you know where they live and um i thought it was okay you know it wasn't it wasn't terrible um but it would suck not having emotions and then when you have emotions it's like oh you got a disease you're, you're showing emotions so you're sick <laughs> like no, I'm human. <laughs> I'm, I'm just human. Sorry. No, human, human. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. It kind of makes you think, like, like, like this world now. Everybody's so sensitive. You say the wrong thing, everybody's ready to just have it out with you, and it's kind of crazy.
0: <laughs> also known as Twitter. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it would be interesting if that. Where to become a reality where you can't show emotions because hey you have an opinion so what you know we don't want to hear it type thing when but um it's interesting it was more interesting than anything just you know imagining a world like that where if you start showing your feelings then people think you're sick and in this place they actually encourage suicide which is crazy you know they'd rather you not live than have you showing emotions yeah so kind of crazy. Yeah, this was on uh, Showtime.
0: Okay. Cool, man. Uh, for my next one, it's going to be a trifecta of two cents. So I'm putting my two cents in on three movies. So I'm, I'll am i give you six cents. You give me four cents back. <laughs> <laughs> I could do math. Uh, so as I continue my, you know, as we've talked about, I've been watching movies to try and complete the, you know, the, uh, all the movies nominated for Best, well, for Best Everything, actually. All the movies nominated for the Academy Awards. Um, I just remembered one when you were talking about something. You said Romeo and Juliet, which reminded me that I'd watch What Side Story. So I can remember that for the next episode. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, yeah, I did watch that. <sighs> <clears throat> so, anyways, first one, I'm going to put my two cents on. And I'm not going to spend too much time on. Any of the three of these, just kind of, just real quick uh, type of thing here. I watched Drive My Car, finally. Uh, It is now available on HBO Max. It was made available on HBO Max the day after I rented it, so that makes sense. Um, (laughs) But I was happy, I was definitely happy to, you know, to rent this and pay for it. Because it was very good. It was also very long, which is weird. So, all right. So the Batman's two hours, 55 minutes drive. My car is unrated. Probably rated. We'll just say it's rated R because yeah. a bunch of nudity <clears throat> in the first, first 40 minutes. And then none after. <laughs> um, so we'll just say it's rated R. Um, two hours, 59 minutes felt to me, felt every bit of this. I was like, mother of God, I had to, I watched two hours of it. Uh, after everybody went to bed, and then I watched an hour of it the next morning. Uh, so I had to split it up, but it it didn't take anything away from it splitting it up like that. Um, it is a very interesting movie. So basically, just a quick re synopsis. Um, you can always go back and listen to Patrick uh, when Patrick cover this. After his wife's unexpected death, uh, Yuseke, Yusuke Yusuke. Kafuku, a renowned stage actor and director, receives an offer to direct a production of Uncle Uncle Vanya in Hiroshima. There he begins to face the haunting mysteries his wife left behind. What this movie does really good is the voiceover that you think is going on about his wife is actually just lines from this play that he's putting on. But it correlates the play and his actual IRL, I guess, they would, is what the kids say now, right? In real life, um, they correlate so well, so it it really has a beautiful blend of the two, and you get to see how every each affects the other, I guess. Um, so he when he drives his car, he listens to his wife essentially reading the other. The other the lines of the other characters in this play, as he recites the main characters, the Uncle Vanya character, and so when he gets this job in Hiroshima, they will not the producers that are putting the play on will not let him drive his car because someone they hit he uh, I guess hit somebody was this in a purse like a as an actor or somebody in the production of a different. That either they hit either some.
1: he hit somebody or somebody hit him. Basically yeah. an accident happened and
0: they yeah, can't take so their he, risk. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to take that risk. So they hired they essentially have hired a driver yep. to drive his car, and that's one of the reason. and he lives in uh, the the rental place, I guess, where he's staying at is like an hour away because he likes to drive in and to drive out to kind of give some me time more or less to think. And When he then found out that he wasn't going to be allowed to drive, he's a little more, it's a little miffed about it (laughs) at first, but then built a relationship and talking with the driver and, you know, they kind of become close, not romantically, but in like a friendship kind of way. And then you just see things from his past, uh, affect also his future, which are interesting choices that he made, though, uh, to deal with his, uh, to deal with his trauma, we'll just say. So it's very interesting choices there. It's a really good character study. um, And, like, I I really did enjoy it. However, this could have been a two-hour movie. There's so much of just the play that is involved that to me, as somebody watching, I didn't think it was necessary. That would help. That would cut some time out, but it works. I mean, it works just fine. I just think that could have helped cut some time down, and you still would have had a very good, strong story. But there, and for me, there are times that seem like it kind of drags. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful story. I did really like it. Um, but there are times that where it felt I felt the three hours in it. Um, the credits are, for, don't start to 40 minutes into the movie, which kind of tripped me up. I go, Oh my God, we're just wait. What? <laughs> Cause that's, as soon as the credits start, I, I looked to see what time it was. And it was like right at the 40 minute mark or 44 minute mark. I was like, Oh mother God. <laughs> I said, okay. And, but it's, it is a great, beautiful film. It will probably win best international film this year. Um, I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. Best Picture. Uh, There are too many other movies. I think they're going to. That could be dark horses for that. Um, I think it will probably win Best International Film, though. So if you, if you want to watch, and it's subtitled. Um, There is no, at least I wasn't able to find any uh, audio dubbing for it. So it is subtitled, but it is a very good movie. It is on HBO Max, so uh check it out if you wish. And then next, uh, real quick, I watched House of Gucci, so put my two cents in on that. Uh watched I've rented that one at Redbox, because uh, it's not available on streaming. Um it is available to rent or buy on iTunes or on Amazon or wherever on demand places. Uh Yep, came out last year, rated R, two hours, 38 minutes. This one did not feel that long to me, either. It kind of felt like, I mean, a couple of parts where I'm like, are we not done yet? But that's just because I had other stuff going on. So I was kind of wanting it to be done almost over so I can, you know, uh, focus my attention on those things. But uh, not because I thought the movie was dragging or that I was uninterested in it, just because other things going on in the house. So... But no, and just like how King Richard, you're watching that one for Will Smith's performance. Really, you're watching House of Gucci for Lady Gaga's performance. She was amazing in this movie. Absolutely loved her. I mean, she was she was awesome. Um, Jared Leto was good as you know the crazy uncle. Yeah, Uh, you know, Pacino played Pacino. Maybe just a hair differently, but you know he pretty much played himself. Adam Driver's fine. I, I, I think I'm one of those people that just haven't fully seen like how good of an actor he is, or maybe he's just an okay actor. Like I'm not like I know some people that just absolutely love him, and that's great. I'm just think he's okay. Yeah. Like I don't really think he brought anything really amazing to this in the way that like Lady Gaga did. I just thought he was okay. Yeah. Um, I think I liked him more in uh, Logan Lucky because that was a very different character when you played the one arm guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I really liked him in that one more than, you know, in Marriage Story with uh, Scarlett Johansson. I thought he was awesome in that. But like this, I thought he was just okay. Yeah. Jeremy Irons is just more of a, damn near a cameo than a supporting actor (laughs) um like to me uh selma hayek was in it more than jeremy Jeremy irons and had a more of an important role so i would have put her on the poster instead of him but it is house of gucci so i guess you have to have all the gucci's on there but but i thought and i liked her in it i thought she was great um it didn't feel like a ridley scott movie so, which is fine. That means he's showing growth and that he's trying something different, but it just didn't feel like a, yeah, a traditional Wrigley Scott film. But I did like it. Um, I did like it. Loved Lady Gaga. I'm really surprised she did not get nominated for best actress. That one kind of surprised me. Uh, Cause I didn't think she was over the top. I thought she was just spot on. Yes. Yeah. Spot on. I thought she was great. Um, so if you haven't checked it out, definitely watch that for her performance in this. And again, the movie was fine. I could have seen just them getting a best actress nomination out of this, and that's it. Yeah, and it would have been about right because yeah, because you're watching it for her anyways. Uh, and then lastly, real quick, uh, my last one is I watched Belfast, which I rented on demand, which was awesome. It uh, PG-13, an hour and 38 minutes. Perfect runtime. Perfect. It didn't need to be any longer. Didn't need to be any shorter. It was just a beautiful movie to watch. Um, so yeah, young boy in his working class Belfast family experienced the tumultuous late 1960s. Uh, Patrick talked about this beautifully on a previous episode. Definitely check that out if you haven't listened to that one. Uh, written and directed by Kenneth Brana. My favorite My one thing I'm surprised of all the nominations this movie got, I think Jude Hill, the young boy in this movie that plays Buddy, really kind of got snubbed. Now, yeah. as, if you've listened to my discussion with my discussion with uh, Rod Leary on the previous episode about um, when we were having our Academy Award discussion, says it's very un- it's very unusual for them to nominate kids. Just true, Jodie Foster and. Jodie Foster and um, Anna Paquin and Shirley Temple, I think are like the only three I can think of. And then I know there's been a couple more, uh, but it's, it is unusual for kids to get nominated, especially in kind of recent future. I think Anna Paquin's the last kid to get nominated, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he was outstanding in this. I, 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 yeah, I was blown away with this. (laughs) Yeah, I was one. I was blown away because he didn't, because we've, we've seen how we've seen child actors in movies. We've seen, okay. and I've seen more than my fair share of child actors <laughs> in kids movies, watching them with, yeah. uh, with York and Grayson and, and things of like that. But he was just lights out. I loved him. I, I want to see more. I hope he is able to be in more movies and give him more performances like this, you know, able to give more performances like this and not, some like just supporting kids or on the next, you know, Disney cheaper by the dozen or whatever, like actually give him a good because he was. Yeah, he was amazing. Loved him in it. I, he was the reason why I watched it. Actually, I really didn't care about everybody else. I didn't care about Jamie Dornan and trying to find work and all that and why he's really not at home and all that stuff. Um, uh, Karen Hines was great. Really liked him, Judy Dench always awesome. Uh the Kitriona Balfi uh was really good as a mother. And Lewis uh McAskey as Will. He wasn't even in it a whole lot and but I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot he's involved in this. Or he's in this movie too. Uh but yeah, it's great. It's a great movie. Um, I would definitely recommend it if you haven't had a chance to see it. Um, I believe it's it might be at Redbox now or coming out shortly. I know it's on on demand um, for rental, maybe to buy also. I can't remember. Um, definitely check it out. It is a great movie. Compared to so it's interesting because I can, can comparing this to like Death on the Nile, two mm-hmm. totally different films, but Kenneth Branagh did great both times. Yeah, I was and they're completely different styles and everything. It's I like it when you could see directors put out two different movies and have two different style choices for each one. You don't you're not seeing it's not like a Michael Bay thing where you're seeing the same thing and just in a different movie. Right. So I, I, I dig that. And uh, yeah, I mean, death on, on the Nile. I'm sure death. He made death on the Nile so that he can make Belfast. So sometimes that's what you have to do. So, times you got to yeah, make the you got to make the studio, make the studio one a, so you can make the other one. Yeah, because I think Belfast is about him in a way. His yeah. Life. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Very autobiographical. Yeah. And yeah. that's my that's my six cents on movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so my final movie, which is also a twenty-four movie. It's called hey. After After Yang. I remember I was reading about it, and I think it was um, a Nashville Scene book. Mm-hmm. One that, one that um, Don at Work yeah. gave me. And I was just looking. I'm like, oh, it looks interesting. I didn't realize it was going to be on Showtime. I thought I was going to go to um, the Bell Court and watch it. So when I saw it was on Showtime, I'm like, cool. I'll watch it there that way. So it came out this past Friday on the 4th. It's an hour and 36 minutes run time which is awesome. Yep. Uh, the director is uh, Koganata, and this is about uh, family in the near future. Also, in the near future, a family reckons with questions of love, connection, and loss after their AI helper unexpectedly breaks down. Starring Colin Farrell plays Jake. Uh, Jody, Jody Turner-Smith plays Kira. Justin H. Min plays Yang. And the young girl that plays Mika, her name is Malaya Emma, and that last name is is a work. (laughs) Um, um, I'm not even gonna try because I'm gonna I will will mess it up. That's fine. That's fine. I will mess that up. So
0: they get it. Malaya Emma. They they got IMDb.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Haley Lou Richardson plays Ada, and Sarita Chaudhry makes an appearance as Clea. So it starts off just showing the family living normal life and they have this competition where they do kind of like a dance dance revolution or just dance competition mm-hmm. where they're competing against like 48 plus thousand families yeah and they're just competing just going at it staying in sync and as you get out of sync you know you're eliminated so they went pretty pretty long i mean i was like i was tired just watching them i'm like <laughs> my god
0: a lot of choreography
1: yes but once they finished it Yang was still doing the choreography. It was like, hey, we're, we're finished. And then later on, the next thing, find out he shuts down. So they originally bought this AI robot to help their adopted daughter, Mika, so she can learn about her Chinese heritage because, you know, dad's white, mom's black. They don't really know much about her family. So to make sure that she knows her heritage, they got the robot to help with that. But without him, you know, they're kind of in a disarray a bit, especially Mika, because she grown attached to, to Yang. And so Jake is trying his best to find a way to fix it. So you can't go to the original story, bought it because he bought it refurbished, certified refurbished. And the original story purchased it from is now something else. Like they, it, they got bought out and it's now a different kind of store. And so it was originally purchased as part of a brothers and sister plan where they have these different AIs that are, here to be assistance to families. And um so his neighbor suggests that he goes to a friend of his, he knows they should be able to fix it. Um he's not able to fix it because there's something wrong with the core, and you know, no matter what they do, there's nothing that's gonna bring him back. So right. he notices what he calls spyware. It's like, man, if you sell this, if you sell this robot for parts, they're gonna know everything about your family. And so he ends up taking it to this, I guess, museum curator who tells him that it's actually a memory bank where these robots have the ability to store several seconds of memories, things that they feel are important. And so she gives him a way to be able to, um, a reader, to where she can actually, he can actually view these memories. And through viewing the memories, he sees that, you know, Yang he wasn't yang isn't the first I mean, his family's not the first family that yang had. so he's seeing different memories from I guess past families that he was with um, moments that he's had with them and it's kind of you see that the family Jake, Kira and Mika their family's kind of distant they don't they're not as connected as you would think um jake is very much into his teas he's selling different types of tea um kira's in her and in, into her job was everybody going to what she does and then mika of course right now she's just missing yang because that's all that's all she wants and you just see a lot of the different memories that yang has saved over the years of him being in service so to speak and it you know just kind of becomes a story about just seeing how distant he is to his family where he didn't he didn't realize it and how this AI robot is able to have more connection with humans than it seems humans can have with each other. Right. So, um, it was interesting. It was an interesting. little look at it. Um, kind of just shows, you know, becoming too dependent on AI. Cause you know, even Kira was telling Jake, like, well now it becomes our responsibility to teach Mika about her, her, her heritage. You know, we got to step mm-hmm. up, you know, we don't have Yang to do it for us. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's a pretty decent movie to watch.
0: Okay, cool. Sounds like it. I'm going to have to check it out, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: You got All right. We'll, Man. We'll about okay. Uh, the, the
0: humans. Yo, yeah.
1: That one's yeah. weird. That, that's right up. That's definitely it.
0: <laughs> along the lines of weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's, it is. Because you're, like, sitting there going, not, I mean, it's it looks like it's a play, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean really that's it how it, best, right? it looks like. It's perfect for a play.
1: Yeah, um, there's in that one setting. They move to different yep. floors.
0: That's about it.
1: Like, All
0: right. Yeah. A twenty-four. It is finest. Yep. Um. And you're kind of trying to dissect the ending, like the entire time I'm trying to dissect that ending. Like I rewatched it three times. I'm like, I had. I feel like I missed something, or I'm missing something that I need to that I haven't quite figured out. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, so I'm not trying to look it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, trailers. We have bullet train with Brad Pitt and a host of others. Yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Brian Tyree, Henry, just to name a couple. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. That's coming out in July. I believe, yeah. uh, the bubble, which is, um, coming to Netflix on, uh, the, April the 1st. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. A group of actors and actresses stuck inside a pandemic bubble at a hotel attempts to complete a film starring Karen Gillan, Pedro Pascal, Iris Apatel, Leslie Mann, because, you know, if there's an Apatel, there's a man. Um, Maria Bakalova from uh, the... Second Borat movie, uh, David Duchovny, Keegan Michael Key, Fred Armisen, Peter Farinowitz, Rob Delaney, Samson Ko, and uh, yeah, directed and written by Judd Apatow. Coming to Netflix April first. So there's like CGI dinosaurs and stuff. So it looks like it'll be pretty good, yeah. pretty interesting at the very least. Um, next, speaking of a twenty four. Um, is I think it's Uma or Emma. Amanda and her daughter live in a, live a quiet life on an American farm, but when the remains of her estranged mother arrive from Korea, Amanda becomes haunted by the fear of turning into her own mother. Starring Sandra Oh and Odea Rush, Dermot Mulroney. Yes. Uh, Our good friend Marlea from the Strange South posted this and tagged me in it. So I'm like, well, yeah. To which then I then turned around and shared everything, everywhere, all at once. So, yeah, I think they're very excited about that as well. That uh, comes out the 18th, and I believe everything, everywhere, all, all at once comes out the next week on the 25th. So, Yeah double dose 825 hitting you hard in two weeks oh yeah i showed a
1: current trailer for that for everything everywhere all at once <laughs> when i went to see batman
0: yeah i was like man yeah well i told yeah. you when york and i went and saw uncharted that showed that and at the yeah. end york said oh yeah that's definitely an a twenty four movie <laughs> like they
1: they get to hit the multiversal stuff before marvel
0: right uh, as far as their Multiverse mad- Madness right. stuff. yeah, <laughs> And this one's just Maddenine. Uh, yeah. And then, finally, I think they showed it I um, can't remember if they showed it for the Batman, but I know they did I feel like they did for Uncharted, the new DC League of Super Pets. Like an actual trailer yeah. trailer. Yeah. So, I, I can't wait. I'm on board with that. So, oh, uh forgot Uma's not a or Uma is not an A twenty four movie. However, oh, really it's not X X is an A twenty-four movie. And X comes out also on March eighteenth. In nineteen seventy-nine a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas, but when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast finds themselves fighting for their lives. Starring Jenna Ortega, Mia Goth, Brittany Snow, Martin Henderson, Kid Cuddy, uh, um, Owen Campbell, Stephen Yuri, and Jeff Dolan. So, yep, yep. So, and then, uh, yep. And then, let's see what else. March eighteenth. Also, the outfit is supposed to be coming out. That is. Uh, an expert, tailor must outwit a dangerous group of mobsters in order to survive a fateful night. Starring Mark Rylance, Zoe Dutch, or Deutsch, uh, Dylan O'Brien, Johnny Flynn, Nick, Nick, uh, Nikki Amuka Bird, Simon Russell Beale, and Ellen May Diz, Dizida. Yeah, that sounds right. right. Uh, directed by Graham Moore. So... A lot coming out. Yep, yep, yep. Then also, uh, Turning Red drops on Apple TV te- or not Apple, Lord. Turning Red drops on Disney Plus this Friday, March eleventh. So definitely, we'll be watching that one if not two times, I'm sure, here in the next while. Um, yeah, man. So we will have. We'll be dropping a twenty-four bombs <laughs> Next, you know, from now from now to the end of the month for sure. Yeah, um, uh, but good stuff. I'm glad we're finally getting. You know, once we get to the end. Of, oh, and the Lost City will be out the twenty fifth as well. So that'll be a fun little rom com. Yep, yep. I actually be able to get Ruth out to the theaters for that one. So we shall see. What we shall see. All right, man. That's all I got, which is quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I have for this week as well. Yep. Cool, man. Uh, taking next week off. I will be. Uh, I will be. Uh, what's it I usually say? Uh, out on assignment. I think that's what I usually say whenever you're not available. I'll be out on assignment. Yeah. So. I'll be. So I will be out on assignment. Uh, We'll return the week after with plenty to talk about. Yep. 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 All right. Well, from... Oh, we're going to go old school for a second. For my amazing co-host... Patrick Terry. (laughs) All right. And myself. (laughs) We hope you all have a great week.
2: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot.
1: Also recommend
0: us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore
2: movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group Parental Advisory Movie Podcast and join in all the fun.